Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. All right, Father, we, uh, we radically need you. <laughs> Father, help us, God. Help us, God. Oh, I love my wife. She just brought the flames this morning. God, we are, we are seated with you right now, God. Well, I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would be with us in such a tangible way. I know that you're here, but Holy Spirit, I pray for open hearts this morning that would receive the gospel, they would receive the message. Father, I pray that the scriptures that we read today, that would make their way into people's hearts and they would change us forever. Yeah, amen. 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 All right. We're going to start a series. Now, if you've been here for very long, we, don't, we haven't done many series in our church, but we're going to do a few more that are coming up. This year is the year of the series. I just know it. Um, <laughs> um, our first series is something that's just near and dear to my heart. It's on identity. Say identity. identity. Say, this is about me. This is about me. Say, I need this. All right, listen, your identity is the most important thing that you can have up here, right? Okay, I love one of my mentors used to say, the biggest hindrance to walking in the supernatural is this distance between here and here. What you think about who you are is everything, okay? You can fake it, but it won't last. Some of you guys ever tried to like put on a, Put on a happy face, put on a, uh, for a job. Right? You've tried it, right? How long did that last? Maybe a week, couple days. And then it just wasn't worth it because it wasn't in you. It wasn't who you believed. Um, I got to go to a, a ministry school in 2010 with my wife up in Reading, Bethel School. And people used to ask me, well, what was the most amazing thing about going to this school? Was it the miracles? Was it the teaching? Was it and you know, I, used to, I would just tell him, I'd say, you know, the, the biggest thing that I got from that, and yeah, I wasn't that good going in. I was a mess. Um, so I, I needed a lot. But the biggest thing I got from that is I got an identity. And you don't know what you don't have until someone gets around you that has it. <laughs> and so I, I was radically confronted with aspects of an identity that I had, I didn't really have seated in my heart. And so we're going to start going through it, um, the identity series, and um, we're going to start with I am a saint. Just a little picture of where we're going. We're going to talk about things like um, our identity as a son and a daughter. We're going to talk about uh, an area, uh, our identity as a prince and not a pauper, as a queen and a king. We're going to talk about our identity as abundant and prosperous, um, that, we are, that we are blessed. Say, I'm blessed. But you know we can walk around not feeling very blessed? You know the fastest way to operate in blessing is to believe that you're blessed. So identity is a big deal, okay? But have you guys ever heard motivational speakers? She's so perfect. Don't even even think about it. I I actually encourage, maybe if you guys can do more baby sounds. (laughs) Just just so she doesn't feel so awkward, you know, like... (laughs) Um, <laughs> actually, don't do that. That would be really distracting. For some reason, when a baby does it, it feels normal. Mark, when you do it, it's just weird. You know, I'm just... 
All right, so, but I, have you guys ever seen motivational speakers? They're all over the internet now. It's like the, the speech that broke the internet. And, and, you're the, and they're like, you need to put on a happy face, the Lord. Or they don't say the Lord. They say, today's a good day. It's going to be a great day. You have what it takes. And, and they'll pump you up, right? But you know, all of that doesn't have the power of life. It'll help you make the smile for the day and get you through the next day. But you know, you still need that video again. You still need another motivational speaker to speak into because it's not transforming who you really are. You know the thing that actually will create life in you? is Jesus. I know, it's the answer to everything. But it's the answer today. It's, the, it's, his, it's who he is. Your identity is found in Christ. And we're going to go through, I think there's nine or ten weeks of this stuff. Dang it, Steve Backlund, a few other people are messing up the whole thing. But we're going to go around them. We'll forgive them along the way. And we'll get through, we're going to get through this. I'm, but I'm really excited about this series because there is nothing that you can't grow from than continually remind yourself of who you are. All right, we're going to get started. So why an identity series? That's why it's the foundation of everything we are as Christians. If you don't know who you are, you're not going to know what you're allowed to do. Imagine walking around with, um, and, and trying to stop cars and tell them they were speeding. How good that would go? That wouldn't go very well, would it? They'd drive right by you. But imagine if you were a policeman with a big badge on and a police car next to you with all this authority because you knew who you were. They'd stop quickly. So you only walk in the level of authority that you believe you will have. And so that's where we're going to get into this identity thing. It's really important. Um, I love all this stuff, having your dreams fulfilled, um, buying, you know, doing entrepreneuring and, and impacting culture. But if you don't have this down, everything else will just wear you out because you'll be doing it out of a wrong belief system. So we're going to start today with I am a saint. Say, I'm a saint. I'm a saint. You know, Paul didn't say to the sinners in Ephesus. He didn't say to all those sinners in, um, in, in, in Corinthian, in the town of Corinth. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't say that to, the, to the Galatians who are all sinners. He said to the saints. Read it. He said, again and again, he starts his, his messages to the saints. Do you think they were all very saintly people? No. Probably not. But you know, he spoke to them how God sees them. And he was, he was delivering a message just in calling a saint. So we're saints, so we're going to talk about that today. And specifically, we're going to talk about our salvation. Now, as I'm kind of preparing for this, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, God, there's so many scriptures around salvation, redemption, being justified, being sanctified, being renewed, being made alive, being uh, all, I mean, just all these words come to mind when I think about um, being, being saved, Right? So I'm, 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 I realize really quickly now that I could just, although it could be really fun, it could be really overwhelming to just go down a three-hour trip together, okay? I once spoke at uh, YWAM Kona, by the way. These two just got back from YWAM. And we're going to, I want to hear from your trips up, from up front so we can all just kind of glory in the spoils. But, um, but I, was, I got to speak at a YWAM DTS one time, and it, I, I timed it out. It was a total of 23 hours of preaching, and I realized that's my sweet spot. <laughs> Just give me a wide open three hours, 23 hours, and I'll get everything I want in. But I'm, I'm gonna, we're not going to do it today. We're going to break this thing up, all right? We're going to break it up. 
some of us have dinner to go to, all right? So we have to, let's go, just kidding. Um, so the foundations of righteousness and being saved and our salvation, these are all big words. We're just going to get into the scriptures and we're going to talk through the scriptures, which is just going to be radically good. Um, but really the heart of who we are as, as Christians is the first place we go into. And you might think, well, I got saved like 20 years ago, Right? But how many of you know every time that you speak a negative word over yourself, you forgot about who you are in salvation? Every time that you did something that you weren't supposed to, that was just silly, you forgot about your salvation. And so, and so all these things, uh, so salvation should never be that far from our renewing of the mind, right? And so salvation isn't a isn't a, a child thing that we do and then we move past salvation, right? Well, well, if there's anybody not saved in here, this is for you. Like, no. If you got saved, this is for you. If you're not saved yet, this is for you. Romans 12, 10, Revelations 12, 10 says, the devil accuses the brethren before God day and night. Think about that. The devil is, is accusing us. It says, they overcame them by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, not loving their own lives until death. You see, there is an accuser that likes to hang out with us and feed us negative thoughts. He likes to feed us who we are and who we are not. And you know, he did this to Jesus too. You remember when Jesus got baptized and then he was sent into the desert, right? What was the devil doing? He was accusing him and tempting him. He was doing all these things. He says, are you sure you're the son of God? Are you sure you are that? Are you sure? And what did Jesus say? He went back to the scripture and says, this is what it says. You see, the devil is doing that to us the same way he's doing it to Jesus. And if Jesus is our model, we can expect this to happen. But if we don't know who we are, we're not gonna know how to combat these things. And when the devil says, can you really heal the sick? But when you, when you say, oh, actually, I can't. Christ is in me. And Christ in, in me, together, we heal the sick together. It's powerful. You should stick around and watch. You know, it's like, that's what it is. Uh, my son, we were, at, we were at Balboa Park yesterday down in San Diego, and we passed this. We got directions to where ice cream is by a woman with a, with a brace on, and we left. And my son, August, goes, Dad, she had a hurt arm. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I saw that too, actually. And she goes, why, aren't we, why don't we go pray for her? And I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> Good point, son. Good point. And so we went back. I'm like, ah! <laughs> How did I miss that one? <laughs> Listen, we, we have to know who we are before, so that when, when we hear those beliefs and these thoughts, when the enemy tries to get a foothold, and who you are or who you aren't, we can say to him, no, actually, actually, I, actually, I know all the scriptures to disprove what you're going, what you're talking about. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to go into that. So let's just dive into some scriptures. Um, I want you to start, um, turn to Ephesians 1, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of set the stage a little bit. I like to do this because one of my strengths and strength finders, if you've ever done that, is connectedness. So I like everything to connect. This is why I just, when, when, a, when a sermon just kind of like connects to the beginning or even a worship song we did, I just sing the praises. I'm like, ha, oh, it's all connected. 
So Adam and Eve, let's just start from the beginning. Adam and Eve, they started out as innocent, walking around the garden. They had never disobeyed God. They were made in his image. They were perfect in every way. And then they disobeyed God. They ate from the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And their eyes were open to right and wrong. They were now actually able to judge themselves whether they were right or wrong. And it was this, this understanding of being able to judge themselves, which is actually what God just wanted them to listen to him from the beginning. And yet now they were able to not listen to him and judge what the snake would tell them, so with the devil. And so what, what happened was this wasn't just a disobedience. This was an act. It was a defining moment in mankind. It was called the original sin, sin the Adamic sin. That's a horrible name for it, but it, it, it's, the, it's the original sin of what Adam did. It's what Jesus actually came to undo. See, disobedience or this, this nature of disobedience was then passed from Adam into every generation up to us, okay? So we were born into Adam's sin. You following me? I'm skipping a ton of information right now. Um, because of this um, this sin nature, this disobedience, we were disconnected from God. And we actually were unable to do right. Right? Romans says, for all have sinned and fall, fall short. That's right. For all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we all are in need of a Savior. The, all the Old Testament, it wasn't just about um, laws and rules. It was actually, God gave Moses the laws and the Ten Commandments so that we would know just how much we needed a Savior. In fact, Romans, we're going to read today that as, as the law increased, sin increased more. And so was the law bad? Did it create more sin in us? No, but it revealed to us just how short we've fallen from these rules. You get it? All right, this is, that's bad news, right? That's not good news. But the good news is he had a plan. He had a plan. So Jesus comes on, this, on the scene and he hangs on a cross and he takes the sin onto himself of the whole world to be dealt with once and for all. And when Jesus spoke, it was finished. It was Let's just say it again. It was Yes, come on. This has to be interactive or you're going to fall asleep or I am. So, all right. <laughs> so he said, it meant that the story of God getting his kids back was finally over. He could finally have what he's always wanted with us again, like he had in the garden, intimacy. Intimacy. Listen, God is not after worker bees. He's not after a bunch of world changers. They're going to go do a bunch of stuff for him. He's after intimacy. Because if he can have intimate places with you, you're going to catch his heart and you're going to go change the world. But you're going to do it from such a free place that you'll never get tired. You'll never be empty. If you're empty, it's probably because you're trying to do stuff without him. Okay? All right. This, we haven't started yet. Don't start praising me yet. Don't start giving me hallelujahs yet. All right. <laughs> I'm just playing. All right. Ephesians 1. Let me open my Bible up. I need a new one. I'm getting there. Don't nobody buy me one, all right? Sometimes you say stuff like that. And you get like three Bibles like, no. All right. It's, it's personal. All right. Ephesians 1, um, verse 3. Now, we're just going to read through a whole bunch of scriptures, all right? So, um, and I've asked them not to put anything up there because I, I don't want all the different translations to be 
Just read. If you, I'm reading from NESB. If you want to pull it up on your phone, you can. Or just follow along in your beautiful translation in your hands. Um, going to Bible, I remember Banning Leaf used to say this to the youth group. Going to, Bi- going to church without your Bible is like going on a date without a girl. <laughs> or a guy. And so just don't do it. Don't do it. Come with your phone, something, but have a Bible ready. Um, and, and if you have a Bible, mark it the heck up. Yes. Just everything, everything. And when you're done and, and your kids start ripping out pages out of the story of Joseph, you get a new one and you mark that one up all over again. Yes. All right. Verse, uh, what were we? Yep. Chapter 1, verse 3. And we're going to read to verse uh, 14. So blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, by the way, you know how he starts this? To the saints who are at Ephesus, who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? He's declaring over them who some of them probably don't believe who they are. And then he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that Paul actually was imparting grace when he declared it over them because what we speak is created. Just a thought. All right, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intentions of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. That's Jesus. In him, Christ, we have redemption through his blood. Say redemption. Redemption. We have redemption. The forgiveness of our trespasses, our sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished on us. So in him, verse seven, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. So right there, we just know that we know that we know that we have forgiveness, we have redemption. Why is this important for you and me that we're now that we're already saved? Because when the enemy comes in to accuse you that you're still an alcoholic or that you're still an angry person or that you're still messing up in these areas, you can say, that's not who I am. He has forgiven me from my past. See, it's not our current situations that are most dangerous to us because you are a new creation. It's your past that will always try to come in and remind you who you used to be. But Jesus actually forgave you of everything. Let's keep, let's go to Romans. Let's go now to Romans. No, I'm sorry, Colossians 1. Colossians 1. I tell you, if you don't know where the, the books are in the Bible, you will after today. All right. Colossians 1, verse 13. I'm just going to read this. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption. Everybody say redemption. 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 The forgiveness of sins. Galatians 3. That's before Ephesians can I just tell you, I used to be so illiterate in the Bible. I don't know where things were. Someone's like, it was, you just passed it. I'm like, where? I don't see it. All right. There's so much grace for us. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right. I'm at Galatians 3, verse, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 10. For as many are of the works of the law are under a curse, for it was written, cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. 
Listen, this is what it's saying. It says, you are cursed if you don't follow the law. You are cursed if you don't follow the law, which means that all have sinned because everybody cannot follow the law. Remember the whole point of the the Old Testament was to reveal to you that you needed a savior. Now, and then it's verse 11. Now, everybody say now. Now, Now, something's changed. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident for the righteous man now shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. See, if you try to please God and be a good Christian by following all the rules, you're going to be cursed because you can't keep them all. And if you try to keep the law, you're going to be held accountable to keeping all the law. This is what I mean by if you try to be a good Christian, you're just going to get worn out because you can't. He made it impossible. Christianity, this thing we're doing right now, it's impossible. It's impossible to walk Christianity out without grace. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay, let's keep going. Hebrews 9. Are you you guys okay? All right. If you just need to close your eyes and let the word just like wash over you, you can do that too. Hebrews 9. I just know that some Sundays we don't read a ton of scripture. We just go after ideas and points. So today, if, if you've been waiting for today, it's your day. All right. <laughs> and I get just as excited. So <laughs> Hebrews 9, verse 11. Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9. You guys ready? All right, but when Christ appeared as a high priest, say high priest. He appeared as a high priest. Oh, all the pages left. Hebrews 9. As Christ appeared, (laughs) as Christ appeared as the high priest of the good things to come. Isn't that a cool way to talk about Christ? He came on the scene as the high priest of the good things to come. Oh, I love that. He entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is to say not of this creation and not through the blood of goats and calves but through his own blood he entered the holy place once for all having obtained eternal redemption you see you got to remember that in in the old testament in order to get redeemed every year the priests had to go in the holies of holies it was a man-made temple it was a place with real things they had to do and but you know what it didn't last because they had to do it again and again and they had lots of sacrifices hundreds of bulls piles of of these animals getting slaughtered and blood everywhere ah! and and Jesus came on the scene and he did away with it all he did it with it all. He says, for, the, for if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, so if, if all that stuff, how much more the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God. Cleanse your conscience from the dead works of serving the living God. Now he's not just talking about like, You're clean. He says he's going to cleanse your conscience clean. Listen, you know where a lot of depression comes from? It comes from thinking of yourself in a way that Christ didn't want you to think about yourself from. And where do those thoughts even come from? They didn't come. You don't have thoughts like that. 
depression, depression doesn't come from within us. It comes from the devil. It comes from outside. This is why there's no condemnation if you're having depressed moments or depressed seasons. Like, it didn't come from you anyway. But if you try to get out of it by doing a bunch of stuff, by just reading the Bible more or, or, or doing a bunch of checkboxes without, without getting found in who he is and who you are in him, you will, all, you will never fully get free. Because your conscience will have not been clean, cleansed. All right, where were we? Let's go on. Let's go on. Uh, Titus, chapter 2. Titus. How many of you guys, when's the last time you were in Titus? All right. Mm-hmm. All right, what page is it? Do you guys remember? Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know what page it is. It's 994. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, chapter 3, verse 4. <laughs> uh, Titus 2. Titus, sorry, that's the next one. I, I cheated. I, you know, don't, don't skip ahead. <laughs> Titus 2. <laughs> oh. Can you guys feel the power of just reading his word? I tell you, like even the worst preachers can look, sound really good when you're reading the, the scripture out, you know? I'm not saying I've heard a bunch of them, but I'm just saying like, I'm just saying like, if you don't know how to preach, well, just read some scripture and it will preach for you. I'll tell you, I get wrecked. All right, uh, Titus 2 ver- uh, verse 11. Here we are. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation, say salvation, salvation. to all men. Not just 211, what's that number in the, in the Revelations, the, the Jehovah's Witness? Yeah, 144,000. No, it's to everyone. Praise the Lord. It's in the Bible, right? All right, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, which actually means actually with self-control, righteously and godly in the present age. Come on. You know that salvation has come to all men? Think about that. That Salvation has come to all men and women. Just because they haven't said yes to it doesn't mean it hasn't come to them. Right? God saved everyone. It's a free gift, but they actually have to enter into that and choose to be with him. So I'm not a universalist. I actually believe that you have to have a choice. But he made that choice super easy because he just knocked on your door until you got tired of hearing it, okay? And eventually you opened the door and says, I didn't know I needed you, but I do. All right, Titus um, chapter 3, verse 4. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared. Let's just say that again. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, You want to know what the kindness of God is? It's right here. It's, it's our Savior, Jesus. Jesus is perfect kindness. Our Savior and his love for mankind appear. He saved us, not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. All right, turn to Romans 3. 
honestly, I, I kind of just want to preach on every one of these, but I really felt the Lord to say, just read a bunch of scripture. So just prepare your hearts. If you're having a hard time, just, just relax a little bit. And let, I, I really believe some of these scriptures are going to get, they're going to make their way into places that have not been allowed to be before. And so I'm really just like, we're just pounding on the doors of your heart and so that we can just fully just get this into us. How often have you guys actually sat and read 15 scriptures about your salvation? Raise your hand if you've, if you've done it in the past week, right? <laughs> Come on. And so honestly, like, I don't know if this is what you normally do in church, but this is what we're doing today. All right. So verse, chapter 3, verse 21, we're going to hang out in Romans for a little bit. Oh, man. If you're ever wondering what to read in the Bible, and so you just don't read anything, which was my story. Um, I'm not going to testify about that, but that was my story. I didn't know what to read, so I just didn't read any of it. If you just want some good ideas, just read Romans like 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, or 5, 6, 7, and 8 again and again and again every day, and it will start to get in you. And the idea of sinning will be like eating dirt. Why would I do that? And, and, and I promise you, as the, the scripture gets in you, you start to understand it. It's for lack of understanding that we don't appropriate the scriptures into our hearts and our minds. And that's okay. We're learning. We're growing. We're being fathered in this, right? We're being fathered into something. But it's when you read it and you get it into, you get around good teaching and good brothers and sisters, you start to understand the scripture. So we're just going to read them and get them in you today. All right, 321. Oh, Lord, we love you. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested Talking about Jesus, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, <laughs> meaning all the, all, the, all the Pharisees saw it all. Everybody saw Jesus come on the scene. And even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. Let me read that again. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So we are righteous um, through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For, that, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned. Here it is again, right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now if you stop there, we might think that we're all a bunch of sinners walking around. Um, messing it up and screwing it up, and someday we're going to go to heaven, and praise be to the Lord that we got saved and we no longer have to be sinners anymore. The problem with that is if once you die, you finally cannot be a sinner, that means death is your salvation. I think, I think Jessica said it, right? Here's the beauty. Jesus wants to be your savior. I know it sounds simple to say, but he wants to be the one that actually delivers you of sin of wrongful thinking. He actually wants to deliver you into life, not just from, but into. That's why it's not a negativity fast only. It's a positivity feast. Okay. For all have sinned, fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift. Everybody say it's a gift. A gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Oh, man, I just want to. Okay, so this thing's a gift, right? Okay, let's just keep going. Romans 5, verse 1 and 2. All right. I'm going to start at the beginning. Therefore, having been justified by faith. By, let me say by faith. by faith. What does by faith mean? It means, it means I believe, right? Faith is actually the conviction of things not yet seen. Yep. 
Okay, so if you don't fully believe that all this stuff is about to happen to you, all this good stuff's about to come your way, you're still called to walk by faith. You're still called to believe the word before you walk in it. Amen? Now, I'm all about walking in, in truth, but before you fully believe it, if you're sitting there laying in bed with a mild depression in the morning, you're called to believe that you're getting out of this bed before you actually do. Amen? And I know we've all kind of been there, laying in that bed going, why is today worth getting up? Why is today a good day? We're called to believe before that. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. So much was bought for us in the salvation thing. You know, it's just, they're just, it's opening up, right? It's like this, there's so much in salvation. It's not just I used to be a sinner, but now I'm saved, I'm a Christian. No, I now have peace with God. Oh, so through whom also we have obtained an introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand. We stand, not will stand, we stand now. And we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations. So here he's saying, listen, you're getting saved by Christ right now, but you're still gonna have tribulations. Oh, this is a good scripture. Knowing that tribulations bring about perseverance and perseverance, proven character and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. I want you to close your eyes. Picture that. Picture the love of God being poured into your heart. Listen, don't be a Christian in name. Be a Christian in knowing. Be a Christian in being. Know that this is the daily thing that God does. He pours out his love in you. And he does that because he knows we're gonna have tough days. But those tough days are gonna create character and hope and perseverance. And then it's all, love's gonna get poured out into our heart. Okay, moving on. Oh, I just get, I gotta be careful. All right. Um, okay, verse nine now. Skip to five, verse nine. Oh, much more than, everybody say much more. more. Say a little louder. Okay, I gotta keep you guys awake. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we have been saved from the wrath of God through him. Whoa. See, this is, these are fighting words for some people, right? These are fighting words. We're like, Oh, but the wrath of God is going to come down. He's going to, you better, you better repent or the wrath of God is going to come on you. No, it says, it says much more having now been justified. Remember, he saved all of mankind from the wrath of God. Having now been justified by his blood. See, Jesus' blood didn't just justify the people that were going to say yes to him. It justified everybody. Everybody. He made a way for all men to be saved in this scriptures. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. So the Old Testament was the wrath. You saw the wrath demonstrated. And Jesus came and he says, it's finished. I have satisfied the wrath. Now you get to choose whether to spend eternity with him or without him. Let's keep reading. For if, for if while we were enemies, as before we got saved, we were reconciled to God, even though you're an enemy, he still wanted to save you. 
Through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Not only this, but we also exalt in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, whom we have now received the reconciliation. That's what I wanted to read. Yeah, okay. Yep, let's keep going. I'll stop. I'll do a preach break in a second. But Romans 6, 5. Romans 6, 5. Are you guys following me? Okay. It's a little quiet, but I think we're just getting blasted by, by Scripture. I'm okay with quiet. Some of my favorite preachers are like, are you alive? And I'm like, I'm totally alive, but you're blowing my mind. Like, just <laughs> let me catch up. All right. Um, 6, verse 5. All right. This is where it gets really good and juicy. All right, we're going we're gonna to read till verse 19, so stop me when I get there. All right, for if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. So Christ died, and he basically said, we have been co-crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I say co-crucified. This can't be an idea that you just got dumped in the water and you came out baptized like we do at the beach or something. This has to be a reality for us. You have to actually see that you were crucified on the tree, on the cross, with Christ. You were crucified as Christ on the tree, co-crucified. You and him, him and you. You were one on the cross with him. So if you were were crucified with him, then united with him. You say united What does united mean? Does it mean you are next to him? You were united with him. This is foundational stuff. You were in the likeness of his death. Certainly, I love it. Certainly, Paul says, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. You shall be resurrected with Christ, united, not next to him, not like, okay, we we got resurrected. Now, Jesus, you go your way, I'll go my way, and I'll be a good Christian. Come on, we think that way, though. I can feel it. I can feel it in my own walk sometimes. It's like, oh, I hope Jesus walks with me today. No, no, you didn't get resurrected, and then you went separate ways, and now he's just watching to see how you do. He is in you, united. He is one with you. There is nothing you can do about this. With all your might, you can try to do all the different things bad you could try to do, but he is still united with you. Ah, all right. Hmm. Uh, okay, so where was I? Therefore, we have been buried with him through the baptism into death. Water baptism. You're called to die. You're buried with him into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. Listen, you weren't just called to die. You were called to walk in life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death. Oh, now if, verse eight. (laughs) I just liked it so much. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Oh man, that's a woozy. Okay, I'll keep going. For death no longer is master over him. Death. Sin. Sin is not master over Jesus. Who are you united with? Jesus. Who are you united with? Jesus. One more time. Who are you united? Jesus. Come on. It's, it's Jesus. This is who we worship and praise. Why? Because somehow he thought we were worse being united with for eternity. 
Oh, and so, so for the death he died, he died once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives for God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead. Say that again. Say, everyone, say dead. Dead, dead. Listen, dead, 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 dead. It's like 43 times in Romans. It's you're dead. You died. You died with him. You died there. You died there. You were resurrected. You were crucified. You died. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Do you know what the devil's trying to accuse you of? Not being dead. The devil is trying to make you believe that you are still living a life of sin. He's trying to make you believe and think that you don't have what it takes. But if I were to read scripture, I read that I'm one with Christ. And if there's anybody that has what it takes, <laughs> it's him. So I'm in. I got what it takes. Not today, Satan. <laughs> this is the accusing. This is the accusation. You're not enough. You can't do that. You're not called to that. He didn't really say that. You're not really his beloved son and daughter. Just yesterday, because you did those things and you prayed a little extra longer. But today, you're, you're not in his good wishes. That's the accusing. But salvation, salvation says, no, no, I am united with him in his life. Oh, man. Okay, I got... Oh, this is really good. Verse 12, therefore do not let sin in your mortal body so that you, may, so you obey its lust and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as an instrument of unrighteousness because we're righteous. We read that. We're justified. We're righteous. But present yourselves to God, present yourselves as those alive from the dead. Why does he say that? Because he just said we are alive. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What does he say? Oh my gosh, you guys, this is so good. Just read this 10 times. Listen, he's saying, why would you present your bodies to wrongdoings again? Why would you present yourself to those old, uh, like, negative thoughts? Why would you do that? I just told you, you're righteous that you're actually a slave to righteousness, not to your sin. So the, 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 the accuser is constantly trying to get you to walk in that direction that Christ isn't having you walk down. Not diso- so every time you, you, you catch yourself walking, over, walking in disobedience, this is really easy. My five-year-old can do it. Hey, Dad, wasn't that woman, didn't she need healing? Yeah. Yeah, she, she, she did, son. That's good. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back. Yeah, and, it, and it wasn't the walk of shame. You know, I did wrong. I don't think I did wrong, but you get my point here. It's like, it was, it was I get to be fathered by my five-year-old, but I get to be fathered. <laughs> I get to be fathered into right being. So when you miss it, all Paul is saying, he's just saying, listen, why would you why would you keep going down that path? As soon as you recognize that you messed this thing up, why would you keep doing it? That's silly. That's really what he's saying here. He's just, why would you do it? Okay. Sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Do you think alcoholism should ever be master over us? No. 
Do you think any addiction will ever be master of? No, it's not. So if you are trapped in a cycle of, of addictive behavior, this is your truth. And until you walk out this truth out, you have friends and brothers and people are going to walk you through it. But this is your destiny. Verse 15, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? This, these are people that are saying like, oh, brother, if, you don't, if, if, we're, not, if we're just going to be righteous and we're not masters, well, I'm going to keep sinning then because it's not going to be my master. He says, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? And Paul's like, may it never be. Right? He's like, it's that silly. May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourself to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? You know, and so you might be thinking to yourself, well, I know I'm a Christian, but I, I present myself to sin an awful lot these days or you know, I, every now and then, it's just, I don't know, brother, you don't know me. Like, I just, if you saw what I did behind when you weren't looking, like, uh, you might not think this is true. And he, but he says, he says, but if, if you're doing that, if you're doing that, what I want you to remember is who you are. Remember your identity. This is where it's all about identity. If you know who you are, when the accuser comes in and says, see, I knew you were a sinner. I knew you were angry by nature. But when you recognize you keep doing these patterns, freedom only comes when you repent. Oh, may it never be. <laughs> may it never be. And he, so then Paul says this. He says, you think you're going to do all that? But thanks be to God that though you were, say were, were slaves of sin. He's talking about all of us. It's a group here. Though you were slaves to sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed. Having been freed from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. He's calling them slaves of righteousness, right? Because just a minute ago, he says, literally, you're, you're going to do whoever you're, whoever you're a slave of whether you're a slave of sin or of righteousness. But he saved you from slavery with sin, didn't he? He saved us from that. What did he save us into? Beautiful thinking. Beautiful thinking. Positive beliefs about who we are. He saved you into your dreams. He saved you into the possibilities of what could happen with someone walking with the Holy Spirit. He saved you into what could happen if you hear from God and can share a word with somebody else and prophesy. He saved you into the ability to walk back and pray for the sick and see them get healed. He saved you into getting out of bed when you thought you were depressed and you felt depressed and it was real to you in the moment, but he saved you into jumping out of bed. He saved all these little things that happened to us, not even the big ones, but he saved us into walking into the room and knowing we're beloved of God, and I don't have to be insecure anymore. That's what he saved us into. Man. It's so powerful. Oh, Lord. I'm going to read one last scripture. And then I'll turn the fire hose down. 
2 uh, Corinthians 5, 5.16. We're going to start with 5.16. Jesus. This is beautiful. This is so beautiful. Are you guys ready? All right, 2 Corinthians 5.16. By the way, I didn't used to like reading the Bible. Now I read it, and I'm, just, I'm, I'm kind of amazed at how excited I get. I'm like, wow. Oh, it's good. I, I have fun. Um, <laughs> I'll just take everybody with me. All right, verse, uh, verse 16, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. And I love this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, I think we've done a pretty decent job of, of, of making that case this morning. He is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, behold, new things have come. I'm going to read it again. Therefore, if anyone, anyone at all, is in Christ. Oh, Lord. He is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. I'm gonna... This whole thing of the new creation. We used to be sinners. We used to actually have a... Before you got saved, before Christ paid for our debt, you used to be prone to depression. You were prone to doing wrong things. You were prone to choosing the wrong direction. You were prone to not hearing from God, your father. In fact, you were, you were, you were sons of disobedience. You had a sin nature. What is a nature? It's, it's how you act. It's who you are. It's your being. It's how you move. It's, how, it's, 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 the, how you, it's everything about you. It's, it's, it's my nature. I think about that, the old um, Aesop's fable where the scorpion wants to ride on, across the water on a frog and the frog says, this isn't a good idea. You're a scorpion. The scorpion says, no, 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 I won't do it. I won't do it. I promise, I won't do it. And, um, and, the, and, the, scor- and the frog says, no, no, you're a scorpion. I'm a frog. You're gonna sting me. We're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're, you're gonna get me. And he's like, I won't. I just need a ride across the pond. I promise it'd be ridiculous. If I stung you, we'd both drown. And so the frog kind of slowly and, and uh, really begrudgingly says, okay, okay, are you prompt? No, I won't. Why would I do that? We'd both die. Like, no. So the frog lets the scorpion on his back and he starts swimming across the pond and the fable goes like this. <laughs> They're halfway across <laughs> and the scorpion stings the frog. And then with the very last words that the frog can muster, why, oh, why did you sting me? You said you wouldn't. And the scorpion says, I'm a scorpion. It's in my nature. When you got saved, I don't care if it was 20 years ago, five years ago, 20 minutes ago, when you got saved, your nature changed. You know what your new nature is? That you couldn't if you wanted to change it. Even if you wanted to be like that scorpion, try to convince somebody, no, 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 I'm not a saint. I'm, I'm re- you couldn't. 
It's your nature. Your new nature is one of a saint. Your new nature is one that is prone to hearing from God. You, I teach people that are prophesy all the time. And they say, brother, I just can't hear from God. I said, you're a Christian. You're prone to hearing his voice. It's the Bible says it. It says, I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. It's not a, on a good day. It's that's who they are. He says it because if they're my sheep, they hear my voice. Listen, my sheep follow me. You know the where the father is going. Well, I just can't hear his voice today. That's bogus. You just don't believe you can. You don't believe you can because the accuser is trying to accuse you that you don't hear the voice of your father, okay? And if my son stood next to me and I'm shouting at him and he's yelling, I just don't hear dad, I'd be going bonkers. I'd say, who has bewitched you? Regulations. No. And so, <laughs> listen, your nature is one of supernatural signs and wonders. Your nature is one that loves. You want to read what, how you love? Read, read uh, was it, was it 1 Corinthians 13, right? You want to read what your love looks like now? I don't know what your love looked like before you got saved, but now your love looks like patience, kindness. You want to know what's in you. Start reading. So this is your new nature. So when anybody ever says, well, I'm just, a, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Like, no, no. You were a sinner. And that's legal. I used to, all have sinned. I was part of that all. But somewhere along the line, I said yes to my father. I said yes to being fathered. And now I'm a saint. And so when I read to the saints in Ephesus, he's talking about me. Because whatever you believe and declare of yourself, eventually you're going to act that out. And if you believe you're a saint in the midst of every trial and every, every bad place you find yourself in, if you can find, if you can find the truth that I'm a saint through all these places, you're going to win every time. You're going to win every time. Mm. I, there's a whole lot of practicality to how you do that and all that stuff, and maybe some of you guys think about that stuff right now. I'm not, I'm not going to get into that. I just wanted to start by saying you got saved. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you stand with me? You know, some people talk about um, uh, growing and maturing, and, um, and, and, and sometimes we can, we can, we can think that uh, God saved one part of us, but he's still working on other parts of us. Um, maybe, there's a, maybe you have a small thing of, of anger in you. Maybe you have a small thing of, uh, of jealousy. Maybe you're really insecure. Um, and you're waiting for God to save that part of you. The truth is he saved all of you, as I'm sure you know. But right now, so with that truth, the accuser tries to make us think that those parts are still alive and kicking. But they were buried. 
They were buried. They were dead, 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 dead. So just put your hand on your heart right now. And I, I, I don't know if there's anything special about this, but I, it's, it almost like it's like it reminds me, God, that this is where the transformation has to go, right here. I want you to ask the Father right now, and I'm so thankful that you hear his voice. <laughs> I want you to ask him, what areas, and maybe it's just one right now, but what area has the enemy been lying to you and trying to feed you negative thoughts? I hear you're not good at finances. And so somebody in here has been really frustrated with money and they think they've wasted or been unwise. Maybe there's an addiction that you're just, just fed up with. So fed up with that. Just find one right now. And, and I want you to just, something so simple. By the way, if this was an area of sin in your life, it's already been forgiven. It's already been forgiven. And yet we're invited into repentance because that's how our minds are transformed. So just repent from, if it's something that requires repentance, like, man, I just, I keep messing that up. Just say, Father, I'm so sorry. I was being silly. I wasn't being like you told me who I am. I, I just messed that up. And just repent. Just turn around and walk back. And now say this. Say, Father, would you father me in this area? <laughs> he doesn't just want to teach you. He wants to father you. He wants to walk with you and show you and instruct you and demonstrate and lead you along while you mess it up again, maybe. And he's going to lead you into all freedom because that's what fathers do. And he's not tired if it takes you five times or ten times. He's willing to father you through every moment. So to say, God, that's not who I am. Hmm. I want to be free of that. Now, this is extra credit. If, if, you, ever have, if you ever repeat that moment again that, you're, that you just repented for, this is what you say. Dang it, God, that's not who I am. That is not who I am, God. Would you father me in this? And that needs to be the first thing out of your mouth. Because if it's not, then shame tries to come in and tell you who you're not. Just run in with the words of the Father. And you might need to get help. You might need to get counseling. You might for some deep things. You might need help. But this is, this is what you can do instantly. Now, can we just end on a, I, I love singing songs at the end of worshiping. Can we just end on this song? Just And oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow.
found I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, how precious and oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other found I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I just thank him right now. Thank you, Father, for, for fathering us, God, for being with us, God. Thank you, Lord, that we you speak words of life over us, God. Father, I just declare over this whole community, God, that we are going to make the world jealous for the freedom that we walk in, not because we do all the right things, God, but because of the freedom that we walk in, Lord. Lord, we may not be all the right places at the right time, but God, they will know us because we love with freedom, Lord. So Father, this community, God, I just I thank you for this trip we're going on on identity, Lord. That I just declare that you're not, no one's gonna recognize us in, 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 in three or four months that we are going to be completely transformed in every way that's possible on this path with the Father. Amen. 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 Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.